Welcome, everybody, to Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Rob, Donald, and Evan. And before we get started, we just want to ask you to check out StatementGames.com. Yeah. You can find a unique experience in fantasy sports. Check out DocAdamsBaseball.org. Learn about the fall of the baseball. And as always, you can listen to us daily on RadioPlay.live at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. So spring training has turned into nothing but a complete clusterfuck. Um, there's, all, there's negative story after negative story. Herman's given us plenty to talk about as far as the negative side. Uh, Andalar had a ball go through his legs, so now the whole infield is going to collapse. You know, we don't know who our fifth start is going to be. Um, I think uh, somebody might have gotten a haircut yesterday, so that was big news. Um, Evan, how are you feeling today? This is a dumb topic. I mean, I'm frustrated <laughs> that this is what we're talking about. We're excited for baseball. It's just started. Now we're going to sit here and talk about chaos that's happening. There is no chaos. It's freaking spring training. Like, it's literally day two. And, oh, my God, this happened, that happened. I don't care. Shut the fuck up and enjoy the ride. We're talking about judges' teeth. We're talking about fucking Andujar's first error. You're supposed to make errors during fucking spring training. That's how you figure out what you're supposed to do during the regular season. Would you rather him do it now or in the playoffs? Yep. Exactly. It's like Mark Teixeira started the season off slow almost every single year. I think he had two seasons in which he started off fast. And then he gets to, like, july and he's suddenly a beast again so calm down it takes time baseball is about rhythm and rhyme and you don't have it when you get there after not playing for four months you know and i think a lot of people are not taking into account of the short season last year two separate spring training you have a spring training summer training you know day training night training you know winter ball yeah it was stop and go all year last year nobody is in a rhythm yet you had so, you had no development in the minor leagues either because there were no games. There were no minor leagues, exactly. Exactly, and then Duhar didn't even play last year, so of course he's going to be rusty. He was rusty last year because he's not getting the opportunities to do so. If there was a minor league season last year with 160 games, and Duhar would have been down there working on stuff, and then you could have complained now. But he hasn't worked on it for over a year because most of us have not. Rob, how you feeling today? <laughs> I I think it's uh this is what are we in day two of having everybody the full squad there it's yeah. just these things are gonna happen you're gonna see hiccups and you know people looking for news to talk about the big thing surrounding the team is Herman right now but you know there's a bunch of little things like Andujar made an error who cares um, judges teeth who cares you know uh, whatever they want to come up with to talk about next we're just waiting for the games to start. And then we can really start critiquing things and, you know, seeing what kind of position battles take place at that point. But for now, it's just practice. That's all we're seeing is guys hitting in, um, in the cages. We're seeing bullpen sessions, you know, some some live pitching here and there. But it's it's the early days of the spring. It happens every single year. And as the fan base loves to do, it's reactionary to everything. So well, just, you know, that's why I'm kind of making a mockery out of it. I don't mean to cut you off, Ev. But I'm kind of not making a mockery of – yeah, I am making a mockery of it because I've had enough of it. You know, but not even – they're not even playing interleague, you know, inter-squad games yet. We're so um, – you know, we should be celebrating the fact that baseball is going to be back. We're going to have games being played. Players are reporting. Players are looking healthy. You know, we already, you know, I know we've, we lost uh, Clark Schmidt, but 
injuries are going to happen. He's a young kid. And like Evan said, we didn't have, there was no minor leagues for anybody to really get work in. So we really need to step back and just let them practice. They need to tell, they need to block all the cameras from this shit because it just adds to the turmoil. And I've had enough of it. Donald, what are you thinking? Good care less about 99% of the, of whatever they're performing is because the, yeah. at the end of the day, our roster is pretty much set apart from one, the final bench role, possibly a middle relief role, and the fifth starter is going to be a, um, a bit of a toss-up. So that's about the only competition that there is in spring training. So that's the only thing I'm interested in. I don't care what the results are. I don't care what our regulars, I don't care if all our regulars bet zero. Couldn't care less because it doesn't matter. It's spring training. Open the most work it out. As you say, there's been uh, there wasn't any double A, triple A last year, um, and uh, people and um, it was a shortened season, so it's going to take a little bit of time. People are going to be rusty, and even if there was a even if it was back to normal, people would still be rusty because it's you know it's just day one, day one, day two. Yeah. So I could not care less. Only thing I care about is is the Herman situation. I don't care what, what they can all do, whatever they want to do. It's for training. Have fun. This is actually the fun, fun period for, for us fans. Spring training is actually when we should actually be enjoying it. Yeah, because it doesn't, nothing we, counts. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> and we can just chill. We can enjoy the games. Um, we can see the young players, see how they're developing. Yep. This is actually the good period. Because from, from day one to 162, it's fucking stressful. So, so this is the fun period that we can kind of enjoy, right? So yeah, let's enjoy it. I agree. It's uh, not fun. It's a waste of time, and they shouldn't have the cameras on right now. It's fucking practice. Why are we filming practice? Why? Right. Why See, do that, we need to know how these people practice? It makes no sense to me. And the problem is you have players like Clark Schmidt, because he didn't get to play last year, comes in going full throttle, full strength, and hurts his arm immediately. So you're going to sit here and complain about and do hard? He's not supposed to go full strength. That's how he's going to break his ankles or some shit. It's the second day of practice. Everyone needs to calm down and let the Yankees develop these players during practice so that when the season happens, they're not making these stupid mistakes that can lead to injuries and other bad and things. Why would you associate that injury with Clark Schmidt as? Because it is concerning. That was his own fault. It's not concerning it- to me. It's frustrating to me because he's a player who was already injured and for some reason, he thought he had to come in here and be ready on day two. It's the same yeah. misstep that the fans are making getting this reactionary. Like, Clark, why did you need, Why did you feel the need to do that? You were going to make this team regardless whether you had to come up and down from the minors. But you're one of the future pieces. And to have a guy with an injury get another injury simply because he was too excited to come back is very frustrating as a fan. I'm sure the team feels the same way. They just, like Evan said, they got to stop. They, they got to ban cameras from, from all these practices. It, it, it's ridiculous. It's, it, there's no need for it. The only time there should be a camera on in those it, around the, this team is when they're on TV or on the radio. That's right. It. I mean, in, in football, do we watch two-a-day practices? No, we don't watch any of that stuff. We have no idea what goes on at the practice field unless there's a huge fight or something. And then the media picks up on it. Other than that, you don't see anything. And that's how it should be. Same in hockey, yep. same in basketball. 
You yeah, know, I only care about spring training when the actual games are on, when there's actual games to watch. Yeah, then that's the only you can time enjoy it on TV. and watch it and, and see how they're doing. But practice is practice. That's exactly what it is. You shouldn't have to video it. There's no point. You're not going to learn anything. You're, you're going to learn nothing from watching practice. So I, I want to kind of put, I, I want to spin this a little bit you could, because. We, we, we could be doing a, a bet, you know, we could do, be doing better with the, with the discussion. What are you going to spin? He's about to spin something. What are you going to spin? With Clark Schmidt out, Evan, do you think this is an opportunity for Gil and Medina to really shine? No, because I don't think they're going to rush them. I don't think these those are the type of prospects that they're going to rush. I mean, we know in the past they've had control issues. So unless those control issues are a little bit better, I don't think it's one of those things where you go, we need to replace Clark. I, I think those four prospects in Garcia, Clark, Clark, Gil, and Medina are all separate four players, and you're going to treat them individually. Um, I think we have enough depth on this team where, you know, Clark missing that fifth spot opportunity doesn't really hurt us that much because you yeah. have two or three other guys who can slot in there, and now you're not putting pressure on those young kids. Cause yeah, I, I know we talked know, about that the other day that, you know, the pitching, the pitching depth, you know, can sustain the, the a clock injury, but, yeah. you, know, you know, Donald says, well, if it was, you know, Cole or Kluber, it'd be a different situation, but I know you've been really high with, with Gil and Medina. Um, yeah. I, like I, them wanted, a lot. I wanted your opinion on what that could, what this could mean for their career. I still think they're about, a year and a half away, meaning we will see them this year. They will probably be up in the summer um, in bullpen roles. Maybe they get a start here or there. I don't expect them in the playoffs. I really don't. No, I don't no, think no. we have enough room for that. But if if we can start fixing some of those control issues, these are two really exciting players that, that you know, pitch 100 and have a nasty breaking ball. So by next year, you know, maybe we save a lot of payroll and we start using those guys as starters and then we use some of that money uh, in other areas, you know, on the team. Yeah. Rob, what do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, basically what Evan just said. Um, yeah. for, for Gil and Medina, they don't – they're not probably – they're probably going to see time late in the season, if anything. You know, there's no need to rush them. If, if it does anything for anybody, it's Garcia. He's the one that really gets to step up now. Because um, it was really a three-man competition for that for that fifth spot between him, Schmidt, and and Herman, and um, now it's really a two-man race. And it's unfortunate, you know, we all have our you know hatred for Herman, but this is exactly why the Yankees are probably not just going to get rid of him like people want them to, because he still has some value. He's still a good, decent pitcher. You know, he may be an asshole, but he can still play pretty well on the, on the baseball field. So there's going to be some competition there, but um, yeah, there's no need to rush Gil and Medina at all. They're, they're, they're very valuable pieces, prospects. Even if you want to trade them at some point down the line, you, you don't need to rush them at all, especially when they're still very young and have a lot to uh, work on. Yeah. I think that I, you know, cause Cashman always catches a lot of heat that, you know, he, he can't produce pitching, but our pitching depth is pretty, you know, substantial. You know, and I think they really do need to be careful with how they handle this, you know, and just let these kids develop on their own. Don't rush them. You know, I think Garcia, I think Schmidt was more rushed up than Garcia. Uh, Garcia just had a different mentality. You know, he, he was ready. Schmidt just kind of, they needed the, they needed 
him to fill a spot last year. So that's how he got called up. You know, and I think we're also underestimating the ability and the progress of Nick Nelson, who could be a valuable piece in that bullpen, which would kind of take that that spot for Schmidt. Donald, uh, Evan, what do you think? No, let Donald go. Oh, Donald. I was going to say, you know, Glenn was actually asked about Medina uh, on Tuesday. And uh, so he was, he was going <laughs> to give a update on how he feels about Medina. Um, he says he's extremely excited about him. He's got a ton of talent um, and that he wouldn't put anything past him possibly making an appearance, although he hasn't pitched above single A in his five-year stint within the Yankees organization. Um, so he did take a big step in, in winter ball, though. In the Puerto Rican Winter League, uh, this was his numbers, uh, he was pitcher of the year, allowing just one run over 16 and two-third innings, uh, pitching to a 0.52 ERA, striking out 32 batters. Uh, so, And he can light out the radar gun. Apparently, he touches 100 miles an hour in his fastball um, and has a really good uh, natural cut in his fastball too. So he's got the kind of stuff to be very excited about. Um, those numbers are, are exciting. But the fact that he hasn't pitched above single A um, is – it means that he's he's not obviously going to be ready to be uh, part of the Yankee organization. Maybe uh, right off the bat, it's going to take a lot of time. Maybe September call-ups. I don't know. Uh, even that is probably a stretch. I would say maybe next year is probably more likely. But uh, but we've we've got the we've got really exciting exciting talent. But as you guys have talked about, we need to just take time with it. Um, yeah, you, you cannot make that switch from, you know, a ball to the majors if you have control issues. They're just not going to yeah. do that to him because or, if you do uh, that. To be honest, under any circumstances, because that's a big right, jump. But I, I, yeah. I, I think that's especially bad because if he comes up and starts throwing balls all over the place, that's going to destroy his confidence. That's going to destroy his mechanics. And it's going to just destroy the whole mindset of not only the fans, but the team. So well, you that's what I was worried right about when uh, – when Boone threw uh, Clark Schmidt in the middle of, a, of an inning with the bases loaded and exactly. he gave up a couple of runs and his, his yeah. uh, control was down, it affected how people viewed him, which was extremely unfair because the situation he was put in was, was frankly disgraceful management. I uh, agree. And, uh, and so that doesn't bring the best out of your top um, arms. So that's why the Yankees need to do the right thing this year and uh, prioritize the guys that are ready, major league ready. So yep. that's Debbie Garcia and uh, and focus on his development for the fifth spot as far as I'm right. concerned. Right, and if those guys do come up, it should be for spot starts. It shouldn't be anything, you know, long-term. It should be, okay, here's, you know, we just we just had a doubleheader and we need rest the next day, so we're going to bring this guy up to pitch that game. It needs to be stuff like that. So we at least get a chance to maybe see them. But like you said, I don't think they're going to come up past, you know, September call-ups. And I don't think they're going to be ready uh, primarily until next year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think where the Yankees can be very, where they should be smart with this whole situation with the, now that we have some minor league depth. Um, as the players that, as the, the, the younger guys that have just been called up, as they're getting ready to go into their free agency or into contract discussions, if the Yankees can't make a deal let's say, uh, on a guy, uh, say, say, when Severino's contract is up, you know, you might have, you know, Schmidt or Garcia, uh, Gill, you know, 
to be able to take that that pitching spot. Same thing with you know when um, with uh, Hicks or uh, when Gardner goes away. You know you had uh, Domingo Harmet, uh, Jason Dominguez. You know, we have Austin Wells. So we have this new wave in the works already. So I think the Yankees need to be very careful of how they let these guys develop and not get in their way. The new wave won't be a rush, though. Like I said, and no. like Donald and Rob said, I don't think that's going to happen until 2024. You know, that's... But as I'm saying, when, when they're when ready for free agency, will be just when these guys are ready to come up. So we might be... we the Yankees can position themselves to have that quick turnaround like they did in 2016. Yeah. I'm not worried based on death. And I know we have a good uh, draft pick this year. I think we have the 20th pick. So that's very solid. Um, I'm not worried. I'm actually excited for the future because like I said yesterday, I do really like judge, but he's a 28 year old with massive amounts of injuries and he's a giant. So, you know, frankly, I pray he stays healthy, has a good season this year, and I would trade him. I'd trade him right away. No, I disagree with that. I yeah, think, I don't I think Judge is the face of the franchise. What does that mean? What does face of the franchise mean if you're not winning World Series? It doesn't mean fucking shit. Well, why don't we give it a chance? I mean, let's see how he, how he does. We like, have. Let's, let's see he's been the... the face of the franchise since 2016. And he's not let the franchise down. He leads the franchise. He's a he leader. He's injuries. a leader on and off the, off the field. He's let us That's down what with I'm talking about. There's more, there's more to it than just uh, staying healthy. The, the whole thing of being a Yankee leader, you have to be on, the, on and off the field. He is that. He's everything that you could possibly want. And, uh, and he's phenomenal defensively. It's one of the best right fielders in the game. Rather um, have Soto. I, well, he's one of them. I'm not saying he's the best, but he's definitely one of them. Um, he's terrific right fielder. Does anybody disagree, Robert? Rob? Oh, I agree with you. No, I think Judge is great. I do think he needs to stay healthy. Yeah, so let's see. No, I'm saying yeah. Judge's health is a major. It, it, it's a it's a major hiccup. And if he does everything. not do more than 130 games this year, I'm fucking done. I'm not paying a guy who's probably going to want five to seven years close to $200 million. I'm not paying for that if he's injury prone. He's a six, seven giant, just like Stanton. And we already have that on the team. So, frankly, I think we can move Judge into a few other players that would drastically impact us winning a World Series. Could if he doesn't ima- do it for us. Could you imagine if we had given Judge like a Tatis uh, contract after that rookie year? I would have been pissed. We would have been. Fe- it would have been a, it would have been a disaster at this to, to this point it would have been considered a disaster of a contract yeah but here the thing about him playing even if he plays 120 games but they give him a bunch of days off that's a real possibility I mean, we've talked about I want him before. to stay off the IL this year that's it that's what I'm saying so if, if he plays a hundred they give him days off, games yeah, that's fine. If he if he's not getting hurt, then we're all going to be fine with it. Doesn't matter if he plays 162 because nobody I, should be playing 162. Right. I'm just no, they saying, don't let if, anybody if he play misses 30 or more games based on getting injured. I'm going to be done with him. If the team decides that they need to rest him, which is something I agree with, then we have no problem there because frankly, we need him in the playoffs. We don't need him to play 162 games. 125 is perfect if he's ready and can sustain all the way through the playoffs. I got no problem with that. 
My point is, if he gets hurt, we need to understand that that is a red flag for the future based on his size and the past seasons of him doing the same thing. That's all. I love Judge. I don't want to trade him. But if it gets to the point where his value is sky high and, and you see no other option because you can't give him that contract, then you have to realistically think about a trade and you have to realistically at least listen to other teams and see what they could offer because it could drastically shift if this team wins the World Series or if it doesn't. I think this season's going to be telling for a lot of guys. I think especially Aaron Judge. Um, if he can prove he can stay healthy, then the Yankees have themselves uh, one hell of a fucking player to, exactly. to build around. Um, so that's that's all I'm going to say. And it's the same goes for Gary Sanchez uh, for the opposite end. This is his this is his prove it season. He's got this season to prove it. If he can prove that he can be a, an adequate catcher, which I'd be very surprised if he can. But if he does, then great. And uh, and then you know, and if, if he can prove to be at least a reasonably consistent bat, then the Yankees have themselves a catcher. So there's there's going to be some uh, a lot of uh, people to watch for this year. It's going to be very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Glaber Torres adjusts to a full season at shortstop over 162. And uh, that's another thing to keep an eye out on. So there's going to be a lot of uh, people that have things to prove, but they're all wonderful players. It's just yeah. they've, they've all got to uh, prove um, prove it whether they can be a piece for a Yankee championship team. I mean, so, Sanchez can't possibly be worse, right? Yeah, like I that's know. Almost, well, yeah. That's almost impossible. Yeah, if he gets worse, then that's really <laughs> – Let me ask you a question. Would you guys rather have an elite season from – Gary Sanchez, or two above-average seasons from a healthy judge and a healthy Stanton? A healthy judge and a healthy Stanton, they, yeah. purely because they've got bigger offs. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like if you put those two together on above-average season, you're still getting 50 home runs and close to 200 RBIs. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. Can, the, uh, an average season for them, they hit, both, they hit between 40 and 35, both of them. 35 and 40 both of them. So like Dude, I'm dying to see both of them just hit fire this year. Could you imagine they both hit like 280 with 35 and 100? I just – I want that so bad. I think they will. I think Stan could have a could. crazy year. My prediction is Stan's going to have a bigger year than Judge. As much as I love Judge, I think Stan's going to have I a bigger year. I agree. I still think – I think Voight could lead the pack with power. I, I – th- I, I, it's fun that you know you hear the names of Judge and Stanton and the power that they can produce and Sanchez when he get yeah you know, when he gets into that two weeks where he can actually get involved. But Voight has been you know very consistent power bat for this lineup. And I think yeah, it's uh, a great you know, point. I think he could he could easily reach fifty home runs this year. Ooh, wow. Well, look at the look at the bottom half of our lineup. Seven, eight, and nine could all hit twenty five plus home runs. Yeah, it's insane. We have such a deep lineup, which is why yeah. it's exciting and fun, and you want to give it a try. But you get to a point where you can't keep experimenting with the same type of team. You know, we can't go through this for another two, three years because then we understand. Okay, seven years of this, it's a failed experiment. Maybe we need a more balanced team now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree well, with that. Okay. Well, I think tomorrow we need to come up with a list. Five players that have to produce to get the Yankees through. So, who are the five players that you guys think are pivotal to the Yankees' success? 
whether it's offense or on pitching, defense. I think that'll be a fun discussion for tomorrow's chat. Sure. I'm going to give you 10 because I, I feel like there's a bunch of uh, <laughs> unique angles for this one. We have a roster of 26. There's at least 10 guys who need to you know step up for me. All right. Well, What's your you predictions on who gets the fifth spot just before we end it? Well, who uh, who uh, gets the fifth Garcia. spot? Who are your predictions? I think the, rota- the rotation is going to be Cole, Kluber. You got um, Tyon, Montgomery, and Garcia is going to be our rotation. That's what it should be. I have and no then when, when Severino's ready to come back healthy, it's all going to depend on who's been, who's been performing better, Montgomery or Garcia. There's no question of who it should be. It should be Garcia. I'm just very worried that the Yankees are going to give Herman that fifth spot. I think if Herman's on the team, giving him such a break to this point, I've never known a domestic abuser. Garcia would have to really just have a real setback this spring training. I've never known a domestic abuser to get this much of a break from an organization. Like they are so, they're treating him with kid gloves. Like nobody said anything apart from the players. It's disgusting, frankly, because look at what happened with um, who is the owner for the uh, Clippers who was forced to sell his team because he was caught on. Recording yeah. by oh, his yeah. Donald Sterling, right? Yeah, Sterling. Yeah, exactly. He had to sell his team for saying racist comments, and I know that's horrible, but I, I think hitting a woman like her mom did a little worse than being a stupid racist. But Evan, as we discussed in a previous podcast, we've actually gone through sportsmen who have been found to be hitting women that immediately get cut by the organization. My question yeah. is why the Yankees aren't even holding them to the similar that's standard. A, that's exactly my point. I mean, you forced a billionaire to sell his team because of one racist statement, which I agree he should have. He shouldn't be in the league. But Herman shouldn't be in the league either. Oh, he shouldn't. Like, we're it's talking not, about yeah. an incident in which he hit his girlfriend during the day and then kept beating her throughout the night. This is and he didn't even apologize to her last night, yesterday. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's disgusting, and we keep getting more facts and more details on this, and it just it makes me uncomfortable to have to watch him because I'm not a fake person. I've issued oh. the fact that I hate him and I don't want to support him. If I watch a game in which he's playing in, I'm supporting him. And I had very little respect for Aaron Boone, as you know, for his management managerial style, but I've got rock bottom respect for him for the way that he has done nothing. Not as just as a as a representative of the New York Yankees as a manager. He doesn't speak to the people in the dressing room. He's not addressed anything. And he's not even addressed this issue in public. All he is, he keeps saying, oh, all we can do is love and support him. Love and support her, man. What about the girlfriend that got beat yeah, up? I, I, I hate love that. Love and support story. her. She's the one that actually matters. Her man does not matter. That is disgraceful. I'm really ashamed. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up today. And on behalf of everybody, yankeechronicles.com. Hope everybody has a good day. Stay safe and stay smart.